If you or a loved one has had thoughts of self-harm, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by dialing 988 or visiting suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Oh my gosh, Rob, I am so sorry. I don't know how we end up in these messes. Oh, the stupid Pinto, I, it's a piece of crap. Yeah. And now we're stuck here. It's its not good, Rob. It's just not good. No, I see, I used to hate going to Maine as a kid and like this brings back so many memories, but like in, in a far worse way, I think. Yeah, I, you know, oh. Uh, I just wish I would have waited on the mechanic in town, but no, he's like going out to Joe's place. And then, you know, Joe's not even here, but we've got this. I don't know what the heck is wrong with that dog, but it's clearly not happy and it's not letting us leave this car. It's yeah. we're stuck here, Rob. And I mean, it's hotter than hell in this car. <laughs> yes. And we can't roll down the damn windows. It's, oh, I don't know. It's, um, it's, oh, and that dog is loud. I mean, every time. We try to roll down the window, and I mean, we've been here for what three days now, and it's yeah, like, it's pretty bad. I and I, I don't think that stopping off for Taco Bell was a good idea on the way out here. Ooh, let me tell you. Um, yeah, and I really got to use the bathroom. I mean, yeah, number one, number you just got to pee, right? Number one, not uh, number two, number one, right? It, <laughs> Have you not smelled the, the the gas that has been coming out of me? Uh, well, we can't we can't crack the window because clearly that thing's going to come in and kill us. Mm. Are you sure you can't hold it? I Just, think I'm like an hour ago I would have said yes, but I think we're way past that now. I mean, my stomach is making some weird noises. My uh, bowels are ready to evacuate. So yeah, I. I think I'm just going to have to risk it and, you know, get get that poop out of me. Uh, do you see? I don't. I haven't seen him for a while. Have you seen that dog for a while? I've not seen the dog for a while. Have you seen him? No, I heard a strange like a phone ringing and then the dog kind of went off in the other direction. And honestly, I don't know where it is now. <sighs> well, after that last attack, I don't even know if we can get the door open. Just you know what? Just just. Get the door open and just kind of, you know, just drop trowel and just kind of squat out there and I'll keep watch. You think like 
Man. What else are you going to do? The glove box? I mean, we don't have much more options here. I mean, I could I could take a dump in this Taco Bell bag. You're not going to do that. No, okay. you're not going to do that. Well, I do not want people to find us dead like a week from now in our underwear with shit in a Taco Bell bag. No, that's not happening here. We, I'll just keep watch. Okay. Um, all right. Um, let's try to open the door as silently as possible. This car as sucks. As silently as possible, and I will keep watch. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I can't hold it anymore. I mean, yeah, I'm no, gonna... that's fine. Yeah, just get, yeah, like, get yourself ready. No. Like, get, like, get in position. Oh. Just do your duty, and then get, get back in the car. Like, just as fast as you can. Okay. Wow. And see, now I'm getting, like, I'm trying to take a shit, and I'm getting images of this dog, like, biting my nutsack you, off. No, don't think, oh. no, just do, don't think, just do. Okay, 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 Let, let's, uh, let me, <sighs> all right. Ah! Oh, my God, oh, my God, he was, like, right there, he was right there, oh, my God, Rob, are you okay? He, he scared the shit out of me, man. Oh, thank God, okay, close the door. There's no such thing as real monsters. I saw him, really. He has yellow eyes, and he has teeth, and he made sounds. What kind of sound? Did you fix it? No, I don't have the tools. Damn, this car. Take it out the Joe cameras. It's only seven miles. We've arrived, Tatter. Yeah, but is anybody home? Hello? Cujo! Cujo. I can't get my dad off seatbelt off. All right. You pull while I push. <laughs> Welcome back, all you listeners of the Midnight Mass Creature cast. We hope that you're up on your rabies shots and you've got that cone of shame around your neck because we're going to be covering 1983's Cujo. It's rated R with a one time of one hour and 33 minutes. I'm your co-host, Mark, and I'm joined by the ever awesome. I'm Rob, and I got to say it is great to be here once again talking movies with you, my friend. I, you know, the last couple of weeks has been insane and I missed it. And it's, it feels good to be back. I know. I do like the normalcy of it. I enjoyed talking with you. With you, I'm I'm on the same plane as you, my friend. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. It's you, fun. You don't have that cone around your neck. Why? Why do you have that around your uh, lower area? I don't want to lick it anymore. It's getting chafed. Ah. Okay. That that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. You didn't know I was, you know, ambidextrous. Is that what that's called? Double joint? I don't know. Something like that. But yeah, I'm very uh I very think- limber. Yeah, is um, ambidextrous uh, both right and left-handed, or is that... I, I don't know anymore. I, I think that is what that is. 
I don't think it would apply to what I'm being able to do right now with this cone. Oh, um, okay. And I also like that I could fill it with popcorn and then offer people popcorn. And then when they go to reach for popcorn, they get more than they expected. Hey, um, I got to try that on my next date. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's makes for an uncomfortable family reunion, though. I would, I would just put that out there in the world. So be careful where you do do it at. Um, but this was a listener's choice. Um, so we're more than happy to cover listeners choices. This one took us a little bit of time to get around to. So we appreciate their patience with this one. Yeah. Um, now just I'll as quickly as I can, cause the cast isn't very big. I was going to breeze through just a few people and then we'll move into the meat of things. If that's okay with you. Sure thing. All right. Or I guess the, jo- the dog chow of things or whatever. The dog ch- the, um, the, uh, the get to the bone, <laughs> get to the bone of things. There you go. Um, now our director is Louis, uh, Teague. I believe it's T-E-A-G-U-E, T-E-A-G-U-E. Now, he directed The Ever Awesome Alligator from 1980, and he also did another Stephen King film. He did Cat's Eye from 85 with Drew Barrymore, the anthology horror one. Yeah, I like Cat's Eye a lot. It's very fun. Now, of course, this is based on Stephen King's 1981 novel, um, Cujo, same name, a very different outcome. And of course, we'll spoil everything, uh, the the film, and I'll eventually spoil the novel. So if you've not read it, hurry and read it, then watch the film, then come back and join us because we we need you here. Okay, so Um, I'll be right back in a few days because I have to read the novel. (laughs) Book on tape, book on tape. (laughs) Um, Now, it basically, aside from our killer, St. Bernard, um, it basically involves the Trentons. It's a family of three. Our dad is Vic, and that's Daniel Hugh Kelly. Um, the film that I'd recommend seeing of his is The Good Son from 93. Ooh, it Macaulay had a very Culkin. young. Yeah, and Elijah Woods. So you've seen that. Yes, I have. I love that movie. I, I love like creepy killer kid movies, and that one is like Chef's Kiss for me. I love oh, yeah. that one. That's um that is <clears throat> It's like the the truth about children, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it is. <laughs> they're creepy. It is. And they're scary <laughs> and manipulative as all heck. Yes, yes. Um. Yeah. Now he's married to Donna, who is played by the ever awesome lifelong friend of the show, D. Wallace. Um. Now, just real quick, I would recommend Wes Craven's "The Hills Have Eyes." And then if you want to check out other films we've covered by her, we did The Howling from 81 and The Frighteners from 96. Um, those are very good D. Wallace films, I would say. High recommends. Right. And in, in, uh, yeah. And in The Frighteners, she seemed to kind of age in reverse. It's very interesting. I really recommend The Frighteners. It's, yeah. it's uh, the most anti-D. Wallace role I think I've ever seen her play. Absolutely. Yeah. Because she's usually kind of like the... The poly purebred, you know, um, the very motherly type, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially yes, in this one too. But she is kind of uh, she's kind of a badass in this film because she's cheating on her husband. True, true that, true that. And then their son is Danny Pintaro, I believe it's how you pronounce it, P I N T A U R O, and. Probably I'm going to say most people will know him from his character is uh, Jonathan on Who's the Boss, which ran from uh, 1984 to 1992, which starred uh, Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano. See, I only remember Alyssa Milano and Tony Danza. I mean, I was going to say I only remember Tony Danza. (laughs) It's like (laughs) hugest, biggest, biggest crush on Alyssa Milano. Tony Danza. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was speaking for myself. (laughs) 
Now, what's the, I don't want to get us way off on a tangent, but what's the Alyssa Milano vampire movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? I probably have seen it, but. Oh my. It's like when she decided that she didn't want people uh, to think she was a little girl anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because, well, she got naked in it. Or I mean, oh, a lot, at least, a yeah. lot. Yeah. But it's such a goofy movie. I mean, it's so weird. It's, it's something vampire. Is it? And, you know, I can't even remember the name of it. I just, you know what? I just watched it not that long ago because I talked about it on my account. Uh, Mark in a movie, by the way. Um, it is. It's Embrace of the Vampire. That I was right. Embrace of the Vampire from 95. But if you're interested in Alyssa Milano, that, that's one <laughs> for you folks. Um, unfortunately, there was supposed to be a sequel um, where Tony Danza was going to to uh, kind of be in a, a racy vampire one that never came to play. Are you serious or? No, but God, Rob, oh, I wish that okay. so much. Uh, no, that that's not serious at all, but I do want that. Um, now in the movie, though, Cujo, back to Cujo, uh, we have a woodworker um, named Steve Kemp, who's portrayed by Christopher Stone who was also in The Howling, was his, with his then-wife, Dee Wallace Stone. They were actually married from 1980 to 1995 until he passed away in October. Okay, yeah, um, I thought he looked familiar, and mm-hmm. I didn't remember him from The Howling, but now that you say that, that's where I saw him. Correct. He was her husband in The Howling, actually. Okay. Yes, um, not her lover, as he is in this film. Um, he <laughs> did more a... than work, work wood in this movie. Right. Um, <laughs> My and the then, turns have tabled. Right. <laughs> uh, now, what I find interesting in the film is the juxtaposition between the two families, uh, because there's also the Camber family, and mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, made up of Joe, the kind of freelance mechanic, um, and that's Ed Lauder. Um, I would recommend checking out Magic from 1978, the Anthony Hopkins film about the uh, ventriloquist dummy. Very creepy if you've not seen that one. Um, it also has Anne Margaret in it. Uh, and then he's married to Charity. And I'm going to butcher this actress's name, which is a shame because I, I, she's a great actress. I think it's Kaylani Lee. It's K-A-I-U-L-A-N-I and then Lee, L-E-E. Um, yeah, she I'm was in the go fan. With that because like I can't pronounce her name either. Yeah, she was in the fan um, from 81. It's a slasher with Lauren Bacall. And then she was also in The World According to Garp, uh, which uh, has um, Robin Williams in it. Okay, yeah, that Kurtz. sounded, I thought that was Robin Williams, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I'm. oh my gosh, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh my gosh, I'm going insane. Uh he he oh my gosh. He's transgendered in the film. What is his name? And he was also in Raising Cain. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, I don't know. Uh uh John Lithgow. John Lithgow's oh, also in it. I love Lithgow. The World According to Garp. It's a very good film. I highly recommend that. Harry um, and the Henderson's John Lithgow. Oh yes. Harry and the Henderson's, yes, 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 yes. And then they have a son named Brett. Uh, now, Brett, I must talk about Brett because the actor is Billy Jacoby, but later he became Billy Jane, J-A-Y-N-E. But as Billy Jacoby, this guy, for a very brief period of time, did a ton of really cool horror movies. Uh, in 81, he was in X-Ray with Barbie Benton, and then he did Bloody Birthday with Julie Brown, um, the 
kind of the MTV comedian. downtown Julie Brown, not downtown Julie Brown, but the other MTV Julie Brown. She had the song, the homecoming Queens got a gun. I didn't see. Um, never she was in it. earth girls are easy with ooh, uh, ooh. Gina Davis. No, I thought that was the same downtown Julie Brown. No, one's African-American and the other one is Caucasian. Oh, the one I'm talking right. about is Caucasian. Okay. Yeah. And then in 82, he was in The Beastmaster with Tanya Roberts and Mark Singer. And he was also in Superstition from 82, which I might actually make you do that one with me because it's a slasher, but it's very definitely supernatural. So okay. I, I might kind of sneak that in there on us. And that's fine. Um, hey, if you want to do Beastmaster, you know, I think we can do that one too. Oh, I love Tanya Roberts. Um, and then he also did Nightmares from 83. So he did like five really solid like horror films. Uh, now, so I want to make, definitely talk about him. While we're on the subject of like this, uh, this other family's children, I thought they had more than one kid. Didn't you see all those kids hanging out like in, in the introduction to Cujo that where um, little Tad is afraid of the dog, but everybody, all the kids are playing and stuff and. I was like, what the hell's going on? How many children do these people have? Oh, they're probably neighbor kids, I'm guessing. Oh, okay. Because I didn't even think of that. I was like, wait a minute. Where did all those kids go? And like, why is yeah, there they're only probably one? Neighbor kids hanging out with Brett. Okay. Is my guess. Um, so just real quickly, in my mind, there's like a, a screen queen trifecta with Jamie Lee Curtis, Dee Wallace, and then Barbara Crampton. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, it just just real quick because whenever I think of horror movie people like like actresses I think of doing a lot of horror, I think of those three uh ladies and I love all of them very much. Uh, but anyway, okay, I can move on. I just want to say <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so, thought you were going to put like uh Jeffrey Dean Combs and uh why did I say Jeffrey Dean Combs? I'm thinking of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Okay, Jeffrey oh. Combs. Um like their what their male counterparts would be Jeffrey Combs, um, Robert England, and who would the third one be? Hmm. Are you still there? For horror, yeah, I'm oh, trying to okay. think. For horror, I don't know. I don't really scream. I don't. Gosh, ooh, ooh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce. Oh yeah. Oh my Campbell. gosh. Yeah, you have to say Bruce Campbell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that so would I'm be my sorry. Who did you say? Yeah. Bruce Campbell, um, Jeffrey Combs, and Robert England. Yeah, that would be a good trifecta. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you. I don't know if you had to, but I had to think of them. Whereas these three ladies just like rolled off my tongue. Like, yeah, I had to put some thought into it because I could not find my third pick i was like damn who who would make the third but of course it would have yeah, to be bruce, bruce campbell yeah. yeah 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 very much so bruce i love bruce very much yeah not that i don't love jeffrey combs and mr england but i love bruce okay so our film opens uh with basically a bunny is in a little hutch and we have Cujo, our saint bernard um and he's kind of chasing the little bunny and um he loses the bunny inside of a basically almost like a little opening of like a little like underground kind of cave thing. And unfortunately, uh, Cujo's not letting up on the little bunny mm -mm. and he keeps sticking his head inside there. Well, his barking draws the attention of the little bats that were sleeping overhead and he gets bit on the nose by a bat that apparently had rabies. Yeah. And it, it's like that whole thing, you know, the, the, the little rabbit hole, it's like bigger on the inside. <laughs> 
And then inside, it was very like, big, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was very big, it was spacious. Right. There's this whole little <laughs> ecosystem on the inside where it's like you got a bunny rabbit going down, and then you got bats hanging above and everything. I was like, holy cow, that's really well thought out. Now I also hope the bunny's okay. I didn't want the bunny to get rabies too. I wonder, bunny. like, did do you think the bunny would be able to run faster from the rabbit because the dog kind of. It's like a dog with a bone and it wants that rabbit. So it's Oh not, yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah, Cujo's not letting up, so of course the bats are going to go after him. But I think the rabbit would just like get the hell out of there. Well, or is that the origin story for Benicula, if anyone's familiar at all with the children's <laughs> book Benicula? I'm not familiar with that, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think he drained carrots of their juice, I think. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading it to my son when he was little. Um, oh, that's great. Now, real quick, though, real quick, uh, John Carpenter was approached to do this and he turned it down. My goodness. Um, but later he did Christine the same year. Huh. Um, which just me personally, I'm way more of a Cujo fan than a Christine fan. I don't I can't speak for you, but I love Cujo. I'm uh, OK. So my initial problem with this movie is I saw it at a really young age. I think I was maybe nine or ten. So we didn't even do that. Thank you for doing that. So, okay. So you were a little, go ahead. I apologize. Um, so I probably saw this in 85, 84, 85, something like that. Uh, and I didn't understand it. Like I thought the dog was possessed by a devil or something that, you know, it went into that little hole and that was like a gateway to hell. And then a spirit (laughs) came out. I like where you went with this. So you made it like the devil dog. Yeah. I didn't think of rabies, man. I was just like, that dog is possessed by an evil spirit (laughs) or something. That's great. Um, So, yeah. And I hadn't seen this movie since then. And upon watching it again, I felt really, really bad for the dog. Oh, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. I, I'm totally with you. It's a very sad story. Yeah. Um. My my aunt Shirley, who I loved very much, and my cousin Jeannie. Um. My aunt Shirley loved movies, and she actually took me to see this. It's one of the only times I got to see a rated R movie when I was much younger. Um. And she took me to see this one. She also took me to see the Cotton Club with Richard Gere, which that one I was like really hard to sit through because I was way too young to see the Cotton Club, just because not because of the sub. Um. Well, because the subject matter, just like I, what it didn't interest me, but not because it was racy or anything. It was just uh, it's a Richard Gere movie. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I I, I love this one immediately. And I, I always have loved it. Um, and apparently Stephen King um, feels that out of everybody, including Kathy Bates, that D. Wallace has given him the best performance of any of his female characters that he's written. In this movie. Wow. Well, she is, she's pretty damn amazing. It's like, she, she like knocks out the park. I think D does. And especially, well, I don't know if it's just kids being kids and annoying, but like the little tad man. Wow. He just, he, I felt like a parent just wanting to like strangle him (laughs) when he was crying in the car and everything. I was like, shut up, you little brat. Yeah, well, he was so little, he couldn't read yet. And his mom would have to basically feed him the lines. Oh, okay. He was so little. Yeah, yeah. I thought he did a great, an incredibly good job. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Okay, we're still off on a tangent here. Okay, so so speaking of Tad, the next scene we have at the um, 
Trenton's home, and Tad is trying desperately to get into his bed, uh, but he's got to turn the light off and then get into that bed and avoid like making any contact with the creepy closet that he's so afraid of. Yeah, the closet um, monster. Yeah, which I can totally relate to that. Um, and then this is where we meet uh, Vic and Donna, his parents, Dee and um, Daniel, uh, come in and they tuck him into bed. Um, fortunately, dad sleeps shirtless, except I want to see dad with a beard because I'm not sure what I think <laughs> of the actor yet. Um, but they both come in and they tuck him in and everything. Um, and then, you know, dad's trying to convince me there's no more monsters and they give him an over the hill teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Um, which his idea of an over the hill teddy bear and mine are two different things, I think. Yeah, like my idea of an over the hill teddy bear would look a lot like uh, Cujo. Oh, see, mine would look like kind of John Goodman. Oh, really? Okay, so you're thinking in a different direction. I'm <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm right, thinking right, of right. something that, like a teddy bear that's, you know, been through the washing machine one too many times. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And I'm thinking my mine's probably had too many beers. <laughs> <laughs> John Goodman on Roseanne, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so the next morning, you know, Taz blocked his door with all the stuff from the inside and everything. Which I guess, or would it be from stuff, probably stuff from the outside of the room? Because if you're afraid of the closet, yeah. you're gonna, yeah. But anyway, and he's I such that was a cute. small kid. Like, how the hell did he do all that stuff? <laughs> don't don't ask too many questions. Yeah, Rob. right. Just, don't. just take it with a grain. Yeah. Um, so that morning, you know, Dad's going off to work, and I love these watching Scooby Doo because I don't know about you. no, we're kind of different in age, but like Scooby Doo was a giant staple of my childhood. Oh yeah, because. Like- that and Captain Caveman, yeah, Scooby Doo and Captain. Oh, Caveman. I love Captain. Yeah, cause, but because it was like kind of horror adjacent for kids. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like I remember there were some Scooby Doo things that like terrified me as a child. Um, I don't know if that scared me. There was something. Oh yeah, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood scared me because I didn't like puppets. Oh well, yeah, I, yeah, I could totally see that. Well, and they were off-putting puppets too. They yeah. weren't even cute. They had that like hard molded heads. That like Jester King Friday puppet. and Yeah, that Jester uh, puppet really got me. I was like, oh. Lady Elaine. Yep. Yeah. And it, yeah. So this is also where we first meet Steve who shows up with this really elaborate like carousel horse carving that he's I guess done for maybe a toy for Tad, Tad. Mm-hmm. but it didn't really look like completed. Like I don't picture, what would you do with it? Cause it wasn't attached to anything. You couldn't write it, but anyway, he shows up. And it's not um, fully painted either. It looks so. Looks no, it's just splintery. carved. Yeah. yeah. You get splinters from writing it. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and then this is also where it's revealed that basically Vic is an advertising agent and he's come up with a serial campaign and, uh, you know, Tad's very proud of his dad and everything, and they're watching the commercial on TV. I kind of like the interaction between Donna and Steve. Because mm-hmm. he's like, you're going to offer me some coffee? And she's like, oh, I forgot. And, you know, like, because, you know. Yeah. There's more at play there. And see, I didn't pick up on that until a little bit later on. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, it gets even crappier because Steve and... Vic or friends because they're like playing tennis together and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Please, people, do not sleep with friends. Don't just find someone else. Don't sleep with siblings of the person (laughs) you're involved with and don't sleep with their friends. Just please don't. Please don't. Um, So then we see a bedroom shot of Steve, but then Don is in bed with him. And so we realize that they're actually having an affair. Yeah. And he's a he's a, a guy who plays trumpet in bed. 
Right. Which sounds really, really annoying. <laughs> I just assumed he was horny. He was horny. Ah. But I thought, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and then that night dinner is very awkward uh, between the couple. Uh, they don't have much to talk about and it's, you know, dad, oh my gosh. So oh, dad yeah, was- and then he brings up that let's have another kid because we- Oh, you never want to run out of people. something to talk about. Yeah, Holy. no, kids will not make marriages better. Don't, <laughs> don't, that's not a band-aid, people. You don't want to do that either. Yeah. So, okay, so uh, Vic is bringing his- car into the garage because there's a problem with the front wheel and everything. Um, and he was hoping to leave it there, but the mechanic's like, no, it's going to be a while. But the mailman kind of overhears this. He's like, Hey, if you check, uh, if you drop it off at Joe Camber's place, uh, it's about six miles out of town. He can kind of take care of it for you. Mm-hmm. All right. So basically Joe lives in the middle of nowhere. So it's being set up that like, if there's any kind of problem, no one's going to hear you scream. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's like in space or Joe Camber's place, or no can or hear you scream. yeah, or Pumpkinhead, like because it looks kind of <laughs> like you know a little you know the Pumpkinhead ish area there. Okay, so this where so Dead and Buried, which we covered, was filmed there. Oh yeah, right. Dead, in in Maine, town, right? yeah, and then the hill area, the Howling was filmed there around Joe's place. Oh, that retreat that the people were on? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, so somehow I want Cujo to bite one of the residents of the retreat area. So we have a rabbit werewolf. Ooh, I like that. We, we've got to pitch that idea to a studio exec. But then it makes its way into the town of the dead and buried people. So wait. Okay. Now I like where that was going, but I'm still I'm trying to make sense of this. So can the can the resurrected people get rabies and become werewolves? I don't know. Would it be a resurrected werewolf somehow? Hmm. We'll, well think about it. We'll sleep on this yeah, and we'll come up okay, with something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so you know, he's decided he's gonna do that. So he brings his car out there. Um And uh, Vic has the whole family. He's not by himself. So I like this scene because Donna gets out of the car and this is where she meets Charity, Joe's wife. And she's outside like shucking corn and everything. Um, And she's she's sweet, but she seems very like. Almost what you would think, like when you think of abused spouses, like she's very reserved and she's not very forthcoming with anything. She offers her a drink, but then she just kind of like retreats away. Mm -hmm. Well, we're also introduced to Cujo by means of D and I'm sorry, Donna, I'm going to do that. Donna and Tad meeting him. And then Donna's kind of freaked out because here's this giant, you know, St. Bernard coming towards her like little kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then Brett, the, um, the boy who owns Cujo, he's like, oh, no, he's sweet. He never hurt anybody. And then, you know, Tad's bonding with the dog and everything. And that's where we see the the big old uh, claw or bite mark on, on Cujo's nose. Yeah, she spies it. Yeah, she kind of gets that little, yeah, that like look on her face like, well, what's up with that? Um, and then the two men actually take the car off for like a little test drive to see what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. with the car. So that evening, Vic 
being the good dad that he is, he's, you know, like walking around the room and everything, you know, reassuring Tad there's nothing wrong with the bedroom and everything. Um, yeah. Didn't he make out that entire like book report thing on a, on a piece of paper? Yeah. That he could take. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> later he writes it down for him. Yeah. Um, and then, so we get more shirtless dad, which I don't know if I care. I will say this though. If I look like that, I can't speak for Rob. If I look like that shirtless, I would walk around shirtless a lot too. I mean, he had a very nice flat, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, meat on his body. He's, he's pretty much body fatless free. Yeah, he um, was I would of, walk yeah. around like that too. If I, if I was not, I mean, I'm not like super large, but I'm a little doughy. So, you know, if I was cut like that, I would probably, you know, go to the beach and take my shirt off. Yeah. I would go to Walgreens and take my shirt. I would take my shirt off everywhere until they told me I can no longer do it. If I looked Sir, like that. Put your shirt back on. <laughs> oh, um, so anyway, um, so that night he crawls into bed with Donna and, um, you could just tell that they're not getting along. There's like this wall up between them. Yeah. Um, and he's not really sure why you could tell he's making an attempt. It's more on her side where the, like the, the coldness is coming from. And, you know, she tells him that he's really good with Tad. And then he's like, well, how am I with you? And she's like, you're wonderful with me. And yeah. then, um, and see that part just, that made me wonder if like, is Tad really his child or is Tad the child of the other, you know, the woodcarver guy. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm confused now. You know? uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, in my mind, I think this is something that just sprung up. I don't think it's been an ongoing thing in my mind. Hmm. In my mind. Um, and then, you know, it's just like basically good night and she shuts it all down again. Yeah. I think it's interesting that she she's almost kind of rethinking things after she's had the meeting with Charity. Because I, I wonder oh, if it's you like, think so, because like the, you could tell that they're the mar the marriage between those people is severely strained. Like, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, is, is my marriage that bad or am I just wanting something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is my marriage bad and I'm wanting something different or am I just wanting something different? I've convinced myself that my marriage is not good because, you know, she's like, he's good with my son. You mm -hmm. know, he's good to me. Why, why am I doing this? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Well, so apparently though, the cereal company that, um, Vic has been uh, doing the advertising for the red food dye is causing kids to hemorrhage, um, <laughs> Yeah, they're <laughs> <laughs> the red food coloring. They're, they're um, peeing. They're peeing red and thinking it's blood and, and everything. Vomiting. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Um, but again, he's like super concerned. And Dee's, or I'm sorry, Don is just like kind of blowing him off. And it's like that's their livelihood. I mean, mm -hmm. if 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 this if they lose this this account, it could be disastrous for the family. And she just really seems very nonplussed about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I also like how the, their choice of cars, like he's got the fancy sports car and she's got like the crappy little Pinto. So crappy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Roger, his partner, is just as equally as upset as he is. Uh, so they're at the uh, office trying to field all these phone calls and everything. And they're worried about their position and everything because there's going to be a special board meeting to discuss it. So back at Joe's place, he's working because he's kind of like a 
kind of a jack of all trades, I guess you would say. But we notice that the machinery he's working with, the noise is really starting to disturb Cujo. Yeah. Um, and that kind of plays a part so throughout hot. the rest of the film. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And he kind of like walks away from the noise because it's bothering him. Mm-hmm. So we have Donna arriving um, and with her beater Pinto. And um, she's come to Steve, uh, to Steve's place. And she startles him and he you know, sits up in bed. And um, now if I were rating the film like one to five, it would have been a five film until this point, And this knocks it down a whole star because um, he's sleeping in underwear. <laughs> okay. Because I thought, you know, this was our one opportunity to get Steve. <laughs> but, and it did not happen. Uh, but anyway, so she just wants to break it off and he's wanting to know why and everything. And, you know, she's like, I've got a terrific husband and a wonderful kid. And she just, I, she's like, I just want it to be over. She's mm-hmm. like, it's not anyone's fault. It was just a stupid mistake. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And she just leaves. Um, but Steve's not going to let it go that easy. Because um, for God's sake, it's it's D. Wallace. Who would let D. Wallace go? <laughs> right. um, so she's basically made her way out to the car parked behind his place. So now they're out in public. So he's out there in nothing more than a pair of jeans. He's shirtless, barefoot, and they're kind of not physical altercation, but you can tell they're having a heated discussion. Mm-hmm. Just as Vic happens to pass by in his car. Right. It's a, the timing is impeccable here. So he does a double take and does a U-turn, but by the time he makes it back around, she's gone. But he's pretty sure he knows what he's seen. Like mm-hmm. his eyes did not fail him. So um, by the time that Donna has picked Tad up from school, uh, Vic's already there waiting home for him and everything. And he's like, you know, what'd you do today? And she's like, oh, the usual. And, you know, he, he knows she's she's lying. She's not telling the whole truth. Yeah. Um, so back at Joe's place. Joe's looking more and more worse. <laughs> yeah, he is not like the way that they progress. The decline of this dog is. Like, I felt so bad for the damn dog. Oh, yeah. He looks horrible. I feel so sorry for him. Yeah. And Um, I think this is the time where he starts oozing stuff out from, like, the corners of his eyes or something. mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, in the book, they actually, it's also told from Cujo's perspective. So you get his thoughts. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, like. That's interesting. Yeah, like, so he knows that there's, he eventually starts realizing that there's something wrong. And it's very, it's a, it's a, I don't know if you, I think you like to read, Rob, you're a reader, right? Yeah, I'm a reader. I would read this. I think, Rob, you would get a, I think you would get a kick out of it. I think you would enjoy this. And it's not a a heavy read. I like the book better. Like, uh, in the case of the Tommyknockers, I I really enjoyed the book. And then when I saw the Oh my God, I love the Tommyknockers. Yeah, I was loved it. the movie. Yeah, I agree with you. I loved it. And The Shining, if you've read The Shining, I love The Shining. I've never read that, but I have seen the film. Um, I would read the book, Rob. Okay. I would read that one too. Yeah. No, the Tommy, that's so funny you brought that up. That's, I I love the Tommy Knockers. That's a really cool premise. Or you know what would be another good movie? Uh, The Regulators. I'm not familiar with that one really at all. Well, if you read the, uh, I think it's a short story. Well, it's not really a short story, but- there's uh, two parts to it. Like I forget the name of the the other part, but the regulators is basically so this kid with autism, he goes to some kind of um, 
Like he's on a family vacation and he, they're exploring caves and some kind of like malevolent spirit gets into the kid and using the kid's imagination, it kind of creates things out of thin air and it like terrorizes this whole neighborhood. I'm, you would love it so much, man. <laughs> now it's not a film though. It's just a book. Correct? Yeah. Just a book. Yeah. Is it a short story from like the four seasons or cause he did like lots of books of short stories or is it just uh, the realtors? Oh, uh, it's the regulators. Yeah. Just, regulators. I'm sorry. Is is that the name of the book? Yeah. That's the name of the book. Yep. Okay, cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Cause I do like stuff like that very much. So yeah. yeah. No, I love the Tommy knockers. Okay. I'm we're off on a tangent. Okay, I love yeah, the here we go. Again. Love the Tommy knockers. <laughs> okay. So dad's arrived. Joe is arrived home to find there's a new engine lift waiting for him in his barn. Mm-hmm. He's kind of irate about this because you could tell they don't have a ton of money that, you know, um, so he goes inside, he's, a, you know, kind of being jerky to charity, but she reveals that she's won the lottery. It's basically 5,000 or yeah, $5,000 and it'll be arriving in two weeks. I yeah. put down the Joe's an ass. He's he, just a jerk. He is. He's a dick. <laughs> um, I think, well, this is my impression that like they have a kind of silent abuse going on there. Like he doesn't hit her. But he's very he's very rude to her, and he's he's kind of like a a drunk, loud, boisterous person. Um, I kind of think there maybe probably has been physical at some point. Okay, yeah. See, I didn't I didn't get that. I got more of like a you know more a verbal assault kind of vibe from them. Oh, I can see that too. It just I don't know. She just seems so like reserved. Mm -hmm. I could just see him being the kind of guy that would get like drunk and then, you know, haul off and hit her and then apologize. And it doesn't happen for another like year or two, but like every now and then there's like slip ups. Oh yeah. Good point. In my mind, in my mind, again, it's all conjecture. (laughs) Right. Cause we don't actually, I just don't like Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like his friend. Um, No, no. Uh, was it Randy? I think it is. But anyway, his name (laughs) or is it Randy? I think it is um, I, Gary, see. Gary. I'm so sorry, Gary. Yeah, look it's at Gary. his last name is called Pervier. Pervier, yeah, Pervier. <laughs> He's per- um, Pervier. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so she's like, I got you a gift. Now mm-hmm. I want to go see my sister in Connecticut and I'm going to take Brett with me. Yeah, and it's like, why would that be a gift? Like, wouldn't that be another gift for him? Because he gets to have the wife and kid out of the house and he can go do some well, dumb stuff. Yeah. She's actually like later on, she's like packing, packing. Oh, she's leaving. Oh, okay. Cause like she puts a family photo album in there. It's like, you're not coming back. I didn't notice that. Yeah. She's not coming back. Charity's booking it out of that. Okay. So she's taking the kid and they're, they're, yeah. like, they're done. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So the, now speaking of, of Gary Pervier, Pervier, um, uh, so we're introduced to him in the very next scene and they're kind of like plotting out what Joe's going to do with his alone time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cujo's in the kitchen and- And it's so it, loud. They're like crushing beer cans and- Yeah. And then he just gets up and kind of like leaves. And then what is it they decide they're going to, it's the three Bs, oh, broads, booze, and baseball. <laughs> yeah. That right. I had it written down here. Broads. Yeah. Broads, booze, and baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And just really quick, I love that. I think it was Joe was drinking out of the Captain Crook McDonald Lands glass. I didn't see that. 
Oh, yeah, because Walt's like, that's Captain Crook. <laughs> I did um, see like when he was when uh, Gary was dumping out all his tin cans and stuff, there was like McDonald's. Uh, there was McDonald's wrappers like in one mm-hmm. of the things behind him. I was like, oh, shit. You know, I guess McDonald's was sponsoring that. Because <laughs> nothing says rabbit animals like McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next day, Vic, uh, arrives to pick up Tad from summer camp. Um, and then, uh, you know, cause Tad's like, I don't really like it here. I want to go home, which I loathe summer camp. I don't know if you ever had a summer camp experience, but I hated mine. <laughs> no summer camp. It was just uh cub scouts and boy scouts, which was mm. really ugh, nasty. Yeah. Mine was a summer day, much like Tad. Mine was a summer day camp. Like I got to go home in the night. But oh, anyway, whatever, nice. I hated yeah. It. Oh, if yeah. I had to stay over, like I hated this, like the sleepovers where it was all cold and we were in some cabin. No, never again. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, no, no, no. But yeah, that um, summer camp sounds like hell. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> the last, like uh, second to last day of it, we actually did have a sleep, uh, a sleep out. And we were all there and I rolled over and the little girl next to me slept with her eyes open. So they were just rolled back in white and that scared the bejesus out of me, Rob. She's it was possessed by the devil. Yeah, yeah. She was like one of the only people I got along with there. And then that happened and it scared me to death. But anyway, okay. So now back at the Trenton's place, Dee's doing her laundry and everything only to become startled by Steve, who's just wandered into the house. Um, he's got he's boundary with, issues. Yeah, clearly. Yes, clearly. Cause he's sleeping with his friend's wife. He does have boundary issues. <laughs> um, not that it doesn't take two to tango. Um, but anyway, he's dropping off a table he's been working with and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, is it finished or is it just a, like a, yeah, just, an unfinished wood table, much like that horse you dropped <laughs> he off. He just wanted to show her his wood. That's all. Yeah. yeah. I bet he did. Um, and, but she lies and tells him that Tad's upstairs. Um, and he will not take no for an answer. Like he's all over her and she's like trying to push him off and he's not going to accept, you know, any kind of like pushback from her. He's, he wants what he wants. Right. Well, the altercation results in spilt milk just as Tad and Vic arrive. So it's super awkward. <laughs> um, so they send or Vic tells Tad to go out and, you know, you know, take a ride on his bike. And I'm getting flashes of gauge in the street with the big truck. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, you know, Steve, you know, books it out of there and then Dee's still clean up the spilt milk. And I, there's really no reason to cry over it. Um, but so I like this scene because like Vic is like, yes or no. And Dee's just like, yes. And then, you know, Vic just turns around and leaves. Um, I Wait, like that interaction. I, I didn't get that. Yeah. Cause he's like, you know, so Are did you? did he know like did he yeah find out? Okay, yes because okay. he yeah because he saw him he saw he knows he saw them together oh and then okay. you come home and he's in the house and there's been like kind of some sort of like something mm-hmm. and you interrupted the two of them in your house alone you know okay, and yeah. she's upset and he's like yes or no and she's like yes so, so that's like all they need to be said yeah i didn't see i didn't pick up on that and like apparently i wasn't listening well <laughs> um and so I was like, I wonder how he found out. But yeah, that that makes sense now that you bring that up. Yeah, he like put two and two together and she just confirmed his suspicions. Okay. So he's clearly, understandably upset. He's working on her car. Um, he cannot get it 
Right, it's unsuccessful, and he reveals he's going to be gone for 10 days with his partner, Randy. I'm so sorry, Randy is his partner. I'm sorry, Randy's his business partner. He's going to be gone for 10 days trying to figure out, like, I guess do, like, you know, <laughs> clean up work on this um, assignment that went very poorly with the, the kids peeing red food dye. <laughs> um, and, you know, Tad really doesn't want him to go back, to, to leave for that long and everything, and he doesn't want to go back to daycare, and mm-hmm. he's worried about the monster words and everything, and Dad says, I'll copy him down for Mom to read. And then it's nap time, so, you know, Dad gives him a big old hug. Um, and he's like, I, you know, he tells Donna, he's like, I can't fix it. He's like, just take it to Joe's place. Um, and then that night we see the monster words are, you know, taped up on the wall next to the closet and everything. So he'll be safe. Um, it's a very misty morning at Joe's place and Brett heads out in search of Cujo. Um, I don't know why, but this scene just reminds me of Pet Cemetery. Uh, I think it's the, like the fog and all that other crap. Yeah. It's just, it has a pet cemetery feel to it. So now I'm bringing pet cemetery into this. So, you know, he's calling for Cujo and at first there's nothing, but then you can hear like the sporadic barks of Cujo. And and then it's like intermixed with almost like whimpers. Yeah. So that draws him further from his house into like the misty, like, you know, wooded area and everything. And then he kind of comes face to face with Cujo, but Cujo's not the same Cujo. He's all growling and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Brett's confused because that's clearly not how Cujo acts. And then there's a weird like interaction that Cujo just kind of turns and takes off into the mist. Yeah. Which I, again is a Stephen King movie. And then I want like giant animals to come in or like creatures from another world to come and attack poor Brett. Um, I was thinking yeah. like he's done for, like he's going to get eaten by the dog. And, but. No, that didn't happen. He just turned. And, and again, that's where like the book would come into play where it would be Cujo's thoughts. Like, you know, this is my owner. I can't do this. And you really should read the book. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go to so, the library and pick it up. Yeah. So, you know, Vic's heading off. Tad's unhappy about it. Um, and, you know, Donna's just like, I'll I'll take care of the Pinto. Don't worry about it. And it's a very cold goodbye. Mm-hmm. Like, like Vic is just like, I'm out of here. Um and then, you know, D just kind of chases him down and she's like, it's over. And uh, she's like, I can't make like it never happened. And he just kind of drives off. He's like, I'm unsure what I'm going to do. And yeah. He just takes off. Um, I would kind of be like that, too. You know, if I if I witnessed that and then it had it confirmed for me, I'd be like, I need some time to think. I, I can't just make a decision right now. Well, I wanted the next scene to be Steve with his. What was it a trombone? <laughs> well, I don't in know. Bed, but then it's Vic. Ooh, <laughs> it's like two can play this game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's uh, Mark's fantasy recut. <laughs> but that did not happen. No. <laughs> um. What we do see, though, is Charity packing, and she, like I said earlier, she's putting that photo album in there, and that's when I'm like, oh, Charity's not coming back from her from her trip. Mm-hmm. Um, stay with her but, sister. Yeah, but then Brett, and I'm wondering, is she even staying with her sister? Because if you're booking it away from your abusive husband, he's oh, going to yeah. come looking for you at your sister's. So you think she found a new man or something? No, I, no, no, no. I think, no, I don't think so. I think she's just leaving this relationship Okay. because you know, he would come looking for you there. Mm -hmm. So I think this is just going to buy her some time. 
So anyway, Brett's like, there's something wrong with Cujo and he wants to tell his dad and Charity's like, no, 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 no. She's like, don't tell your dad now. He's just going to get all riled up about it. Let's call him from your aunt's place tonight. Yeah. That'll give him time to get away from there. She played it smart. She was like, you can, Mm -hmm. you don't have to tell him there's something wrong. You can ask him if the, how the dog is doing or something like that. Like she played Mm -hmm. it real slick. Yeah. 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 She's like, just bring it up. You know, like when he's feeding him supper, just see how he's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause mom's like that dog is not standing in the way of my freedom. (laughs) (laughs) That damn dog is all sweaty and, and pus filled and everything else. Now, had this been Sigourney Weaver, she would have ran off looking for the dog and it would have like changed the trajectory of everything. <laughs> Get away from him, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sunset and poor Cujo looks so miserable. This, yeah. this dog. Um, now, you know, like the one dog didn't make it to the end of filming. He actually passed away. I think it was from bloat. I think Walt said um, some dogs weren't St. Bernard's that played the dog. Some dogs were male. Some were female. Um, there was a robotic St. Bernard head they used. And there was also an actor in a St. Bernard suit they used for some scenes. Interesting. I didn't know that. I thought it was like, and that's another reason why I felt bad for the dog, because I was like, damn, like the shit that this dog had to go through. Um, Oh, you know, to get, to get like, to get takes and shots. They had to probably slather something greasy on the dog to make it look like it was rabid and all this other good stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I felt bad for the dog. There are two things. There's one photo out there, which is great. Uh, The middle person's D and I don't know who the gentleman is on the other side, but on the other side is actually the person in the St. Bernard outfit. And they're all like got their arms like, like the Rockettes and they're doing like a high kick dance. Huh? And someone took a photo. That's a great photo. And then like going back to the dog, one of the mixtures they used to like do like the rabies drippy stuff was actually egg yolks and sugar water. But oh. the dog kept licking it off. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yay, treats. Um, and they also had to like tie the dog's tail down because it would get so excited because it would think it was playing with everyone. Oh, so you can't have the dog wagging his tail because he's supposed to look crazy. Just cut it out of the shot, maybe. Right, you know? right. Well, if you notice uh, the one scene where he's attacking Gary, he's wagging his tail. No, I didn't notice him. that. No. Yeah, go back and look. He looks so happy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I assume he was just happy to be killing the guy because he was a creep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was a perv, man. <laughs> yeah. So anyway... Cujo kind of is like taking off away from the house and he stumbles upon or comes upon um, Gary, Joe's buddy, dumping the garbage. Making a whole lot of noise. Yeah. Yeah. And then he hears this growl and then realizes that it's Cujo. And um, there's like a little brief chase. And then he kind of attacks him on his front porch and Gary runs inside to get his gun and he is mad as heck at mm. Cujo. Yeah, yeah I'm going to kill that dog. Mm-hmm, but Cujo just tears through the screen door, which like I would think a mosquito could tear through that screen door. It looks pretty flimsy. <laughs> yeah. um, but now at this point, like I think the music right here is great at amping up the tension. Just that musical cue right there. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. great. Anyway, so it's our dog's first kill, basically. So back at Joe's place, we got Joe calling for Cujo and he doesn't answer it everything. He pours the food out and everything. So 
Joe arrives back at Gary's place. Now, I, I don't know if he went there looking for Cujo or if he went there to hang out with Gary, like for his first night of freedom. I don't know if he's going to drink some with Gary or if he's actually looking for Cujo. I don't know. But anyway, he ends up there, you know, and he spies the door looking really bad. Yeah, I do. Honestly, I think he could give a shit about the dog and is more, you know, thinking about getting drunk with his friend. Okay. So he, you know, of course, you know, very cautiously enters in. He's doing like an inspection of everything. Um, And then he finally realizes what's happened that, you know, Gary's been attacked. He goes to make a phone call only to be attacked by Cujo as he makes another appearance and just jumps all over Joe. And that's pretty much the end of Joe. Yeah. And this is where also we find out that Cujo's actually rabid because Joe is like, Oh my God, ah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're yep, rabid. Yep. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, except you heard you're demonically possessed. <laughs> and also um, as I didn't think it was a St. Bernard, I thought it was a Doberman when I was younger. Oh, did you now? Mm-hmm. Okay. It probably would have helped if he would have had one of those little barrels underneath his neck, like a little St. Bernard. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, <laughs> who the hell knows dog breeds when they're that young, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we have D and Ted. I love the whole setup of this. So we know that the place is very secluded because it's like six miles out of town. Mm-hmm. We got Charity and Brett, who would normally be there, but she's leaving Joe because he's a jerk. Gary, Joe's friend, has been killed by Cujo. Joe went looking for probably someone to hang out with that night, his best friend, Gary. So he's met his match. He's no longer there. Okay. Everyone has been taken out of the picture. And she's in a beater car that's that's already not working well. Right. And Cujo's got the whole place to himself. I love it. I love it so much. Anyway, so while she's pulling up there, it's like making that like jerky motion is it's like dying because the alternator lights coming on. Um, now are you a car person? No, not at all. Not at all. I'm with you. I had to like rely on Walt for a lot of this. I'm like, now what's happening? And he's like, it's the alternator, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like the car's not working. That's all I know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now I do love this first part where she arrives because you get like Cujo's point of view because it's like from underneath the barn door. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, so she pulls up, there's no sign of life. There's no answer. Um, and then, oh, of course, Tad's seatbelt is stuck. So the car's like just a piece of trash. Yeah, the car's like garbage. That needs to be set um, on fire. Yeah. Right. And she's like, oh, the button's stuck again. So it's like, this is like an ongoing <laughs> issue with this car. Um, so she's over there trying to get Tad out of the car and she's focused on this. So she doesn't even see Cujo coming up behind her to attack her. From like the passenger side window. This causes Tad to like freak out and everything. And she rolls it up. But Cujo just comes around to the other side. And he's like wanting in that car in the worst way. Yeah. So the two are totally trapped in there. And then like, like Tad's like losing his shit. He's like, it's a closet monster oh, and everything. Jesus Christ. Like this was, this was a tough watch and a tough listen for me. Because oh, yeah. I was just like. I don't know, I guess I'm sensitive to sound maybe, but that kid screaming was like, just shut up. man!" <laughs> he did a good job though. I mean, yeah. he sounds like a kid like traumatized and in peril yeah. and like he did an excellent, excellent Absolutely. job. But it disturbed me in like the wrong kind of way. I was like, oh just- no, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But like for a little actor, I think he did a fight because people always go on about Gage. 
But I think this kiddo did a good job too. I totally do. Yeah. Um, he did good. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, Cujo's like clawing at the windshield. So D decide or Donna decides to like lay on the horn. Well, of course that noise, he doesn't like it. So it kind of sends him away for a little bit. Um, so she gets, you know, Tad to regain <clears throat> his composure and everything. Um, but Cujo's not going to go too far because he's keeping watch from the barn. Right. And I got to ask. Um, so when Steve, a, I would I would date Steve. Over <laughs> no, go okay. ahead. OK, aside from that, um, <laughs> since Walt knows all this stuff about animals, like when when an animal like a dog has rabies, does it like hate noises and does it get all sweaty and like ooze stuff like that? And so, you know what? I brought up the noise thing and I don't remember that he ever actually answered me. Because oh, I was wondering that, like, is that like a, a sign of rabies? Like, are you, do you become more sensitive to noise? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. And I thought like you would have the answer for that. Yeah, that I don't know. I'm so sorry. If I find out, I'll, I'll let you know next uh, show. Okay. Because yeah. Walt's a vet. That's why, that's why Rob is asking me because my husband's a veterinarian. Um, so, yeah, I don't know because they made a big deal about that in this. Like, mm-hmm. it is the noises that really set this animal off. Yeah, like every time the phone rings, every time, like, so, like things are clanging around or whatever. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So, she tried, Donna tries to start the engine again. Of course, this just arouses um, Cujo to what's going on. And the alternator comes on. It's not too happy. But she does manage... Uh, Oh, so she's cussing at the car and everything. Uh, but she does manage to um wait, hang on, hang on, stop, stop. Um oh, um, but then Tad thinks that she's actually mad at him, and she's like, No, I'm not, I'm just mad at the situation, which oh, is totally yeah, a little kid thing, you know. Yeah. Um this was where really he worried starts the, getting kind of whiny again. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, can the dog, you know, it's all little things a kid would be. He's like, can the dog get me in the car? Can the dog mm-hmm. bite through the car? Can he eat his way in and everything? Yeah. And, and, and he's like, I wish the dog would die. And she's like, I wish the dog would die. <laughs> <laughs> like at this point, she's all hot and sweaty. She's like, at oh, her they limit. look miserable. Yeah. So apparently it was cold when they filmed this. And they had to pump heat into the car to keep them warm because it was so cold. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because they look miserable in that car. Yeah, they do. Like They look really miserable. Um, and I love that how they, they really do a very good job of letting you know, like, with the sun coming up and the sun setting. So you really get a feel of, like, time mm-hmm. passing. That They do a really good job. Um, uh, the director, Lewis, did a really good job. So um, that night... Um, you know, keep Cujo's keeping watch on the car, and then um, we see that Vic is attempting to reach Donna from the the uh, place where he's staying, but the phone booth he's in the phone booth, but it's going unanswered. The, she's not picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's you know having dinner with Roger and everything. So that night at Joe's place, Tad has to pee, and um. We see that Cujo has basically settled himself in the front of the car where Donna, for all intents and purposes, can't see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so he's, he's like under right the, underneath. Yeah. yeah right under underneath the car. the car. Yeah. So, you know, Tad has to pee. Um, so, you know, Donna's like, I'll crack the door a little bit for Tad. And then all of a sudden there's like a phone ringing inside of the um, of the Cambers house, which I'm assuming is probably charity. 
You because think? she still yes, because I think she still wants to keep up this ruse okay. to buy herself enough time as she can to get away from him. I thought it was her husband um, calling, looking for her because he knows that she was no. there getting her car repaired, and he's like, "Hey, have you seen my wife?" Oh, see, I don't, I don't think he would have that phone number. I, I really do think it's charity. Oh, In my mind, okay. I think it's charity. Okay. Because I don't think Joe would call because I don't think he gives a damn about charity. I, in my mind, I don't think it's her husband because I don't think he would have the number. I don't I don't think he'd have the wherewithal to get the number because in his mind, she's just it would just take a second. You know, you're just going to have him fix it and then you'll be home. Oh, interesting. I really think it's charity buying herself time. I think. Yeah, well, she doesn't have to worry anymore because he gone. Nope, she <laughs> sure don't. OK, Um. So Cujo, this noise sends him into a frenzy Mm -hmm. and he actually breaks through the window of the house, but the phone stops. So he just returns his attention to the car from the front porch. So now it's nightfall and um, (laughs) this is where it, so we get to nightfall and now it's dawn and Donna awakens to find Cujo has now nestled himself on the hood of the car. And he's just <laughs> staring at her, which would be so jarring to wake up to. Yeah, Donna would be done. I'm like, nope, I'm going to take my chances outside. With the Holy dawn. cow. Holy cow. So back at the hotel, I'm assuming it's room service because the phone rings, which wakes Vic up and, um, he realizes that, you know, he still has not heard from his wife at all. Mm-hmm. He's getting concerned. Back at Joe's place, you know, Donna's cracked the air for some, uh, cracked the window for some fresh air and everything. And then, um, you know, Tad's worried about the monster words and everything. And they have to start rationing their water from that, like, giant uh, canister thing that they have in the car. Um, and this is where... D spies that baseball bat kind of just laying on the ground from earlier where Brett was playing with those kids you were talking about. Right. And this is, I knew that I was like, okay, this is foreshadowing right here. Mm-hmm. We're going to see and that come into play soon. Yeah. And so she's afraid to start the car because the battery's weak and it won't turn over. And she just decides that they're going to wait for the mailman to show up, which takes us into our next scene at the uh, <laughs> mail room. Yeah. The, so we see that the, yeah, at the post office, uh, that the Cambers actually have mail to be delivered. But the um, one man working there stops the mailman who actually was going to deliver the mail. He's like, uh, 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 remember, there's a notice that the mail's supposed to be held until they're later notified. He's like, well, thank you for that. <laughs> and so any hope of her being saved by the mailman is kiboshed right there. Yeah. And OK, am I thinking of another movie? Where the uh, there's a killer dog and it attacks the mailman because I thought it was this movie. That's funny because probably, but in this movie, I swear to you, Rob, that Cujo attacked them from breaking that hatchback in. I swear he got in the car that way, and I kept (laughs) waiting for it to happen. It never did. I'm like, I swear. And I, you know, and and, uh, Walt's like, no, that never happened. And in my mind, I just, I, I saw the whole scene and everything. (laughs) We're experiencing some Mandela effect stuff right now. Totally, totally, yes, totally. Um. So it is like sweltering in the car. Like it is just miserable. Um, So Cujo, she wants Cujo just to go back to the barn to buy her some time. But the phone starts to ring again. Mm -hmm. And the dog goes wild. On the car. 
he starts like ramming it with his head and everything and pawing at the cracked window. Yeah. Um, and then he circles to D's door or D's or sorry, Donna's side and actually like shatters the glass. He's ramming it so hard and he busts the handle off inside. It, or no, he pulls it off from the outside. I'm sorry. He, like pulls yeah, it off. Yeah. He pulled teeth. the door handle. Oh my off. gosh. Yeah. And now he's on top of the car uh, and the phone stops and then Cujo calms down. Ooh. Um, <laughs> that was now, intense. It was so intense. And by now it's so hot in there that she's like, Tad's basically stripped down to just his shorts. Cause it's, it's like so hot in that car and she looks awful. He looks awful. Yeah. He's not, um, he's not looking well at all. Yeah. 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 Um, so just real quick, they show that, you know, uh, Vic and Ray are like working hard and trying to come up with a new campaign and it's not going so hot. So back at Joe's place, <clears throat> Todd's asleep in the back. And then, and this is why I kept waiting for Cujo to jump in, but um, <laughs> Dee decides she's going to make a run for the house while he's asleep. But first she's got to open the car door. So she like wraps something around her hand, like to like slug him with, mm-hmm. but the door is like, it's so d- damaged that like she opens it, like almost like drops off his hinge, which I'm thinking, lady, you don't want to lose that door. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. want that door to come off completely. Um, she had a lot of trouble getting that door open and it was making a lot of noise. Oh, totally, 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 totally. So she, you know, cautiously leaves the car, but then we see that Cujo is once again back in front of the car. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh no. <clears throat> so she gets the bright idea that, oh, you know what? Which I would have done this too. She's like, wait a minute. I should like look underneath the car to make sure. So as she hunkers down to look, this is when Walt's like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> Cujo That's attacks the worst from behind. Thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Attacks from behind. And he's like just going at it with her, which would, I mean, have you ever been bit by a dog? Um, yes. Yeah, me too. It hurts like hell. Mm-hmm. Were you bit like multiple times? Um, I was, okay. I'm going to veer off a little bit. Okay. As a kid, um, I was attacked by our, our dog, our family dog. It, it didn't bite me, but I was laying down next to it. And just talking to it. And then the next thing I know, the the dog is on top of me clawing at my neck. Um, and so I had red streaks, you know, all down my neck. Um, but no bites? No bites, no. Okay. And then uh, uh, still childhood, I was walking down the street and came upon two stray dogs. And they chased me down and I got bit in the butt. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So the one time I got bit by a dog was our neighbor, a friend of mine. We were playing. And the dog, like we were just running around the yard and everything. And the dog bit me like straight on the hand. It hurt Ooh. so bad. Yeah. They, they got a powerful <clears throat> bite. What kind of dog yeah. was it? Just a, it was just a little mixed thing. Oh, okay. Not little. It was like a medium sized dog, but just mixed. It wasn't like a particular breed, but yeah, bites hurt. But so I can only imagine like what this would be. Cause it's going at her again and again. And mm-hmm. it's a ginormous dog, like as big as her. Right. So, and I'm also wondering about like the, how long before, you know, how long are you safe from a dog with rabies without getting your shot? You know, cause this, this dog had bitten her like one or two, maybe three times. Oh yeah. 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 So she's fending it off. She goes to get into the car. She gets the door like between her and the dog attack, but that doesn't help for long because soon Cujo's on top of her inside the car attacking her. Oh yeah. By now Tad's like awake. He's like freaking out, petrified, hysterical. She's freaking out. 
She finally starts beating Cujo over the head with that canister of water. She beats him enough to get him out so she can slam the door. And then I love how the camera just spins as she's losing consciousness. Oh, that made me dizzy. (laughs) That part right there. Yeah. And then she's just out of it. So at the hotel, Vic awakens and he's just like, I'm out of here. So he goes to Roger and he's like, I... I need to, I need, I need to go. And Roger's like, oh, I understand. You know, I'm in the same boat as you. He's like, I know how you feel. And then for a split second, Vic thinks he's understanding what's really going on. But then he realizes that Roger thinks that Vic is splitting because of the pressure of the job. Mm -hmm. So Vic confides in him about the affair and that he he hasn't been able to reach her for like two days and he's worried. So Roger's like, okay, I, you know, that's fine. But, you know, well, he's not really fine with it. He still wants him to stay. But, you know, you know, Vic just leaves. So <clears throat> that night in the car, Dee's dressing her wounds and everything. And Cujo hops up on the hood and he just decides he's going to keep watch some more. And this is where D- Adonis just like, please, God, you know, get me out of here. Yeah. And is this the part where um, Tad, I thought he was having an asthma attack, but I guess it was a seizure. It's daybreak. When daybreak happens, oh, okay. sun, sunlight. Yeah. And he's having like a seizure. Um, and then mom goes to exit the car and then Cujo blocks her. And then she, um, eventually gets him, uh, uh, Tad, you know, back on track. She rouses him. Mm -hmm. Now, if you watch this while she's doing this, there's a real quick, she screams out and she pulls her hand. He he actually bit her. Yeah. Yeah. He really bit her hands. (laughs) He was a method actor. (laughs) (laughs) He thought he had rabies. (laughs) Yeah. So back at the Trenton's place, Steve pops by. Helps himself, just comes on in because like you said, he doesn't have any boundaries. Mm -hmm. Grabs an apple and then fingers the cutlery that's hanging up there. So this isn't going to be there. Um, So we see that Vic is racing home. He comes in to find the house is completely destroyed. There's like feathers everywhere. And he's called the detective and the sheriff and they're investigating. Vic is trying desperately to convince them they need to look into um, Steve because he really feels strongly that he's the one behind this. Mm -hmm. Um, The one investigator seems kind of like jackassy about the whole thing, but whatever. Um, So back at Joe's place, the the mother and son have fallen asleep in the car and Cujo's just watching him from outside the window. A patrol car, which she doesn't hear because they're asleep, a patrol car approaches, but Cujo does hear this and he kind of hightails it out of there, out of sight. So that gives the officer a chance to exit his vehicle and he spies the Pinto, but does not get a chance to call it in because he's distracted by a noise from inside the barn. Mm Mm-hmm. Why are offices and films always not the brightest bulbs <laughs> in the box? <laughs> so we get Cujo attacking the officer. He tries to like get away by climbing the beam. The beam gives way. And then of course, Donna wakes up to see like the whole attack take place. And she realizes he's not going to help her at all. Um, yeah, and Cujo at this point, he's like covered in blood, sweat and uh, ooze. Right. Oh, yeah. He looks bad. And she's like, she makes another attempt to escape, but she's forced back into the car. And then Tad's having another attack. Um, It's just not going 
well at all. Um, she gets him roused by a couple of slaps and he's back and he wants his dad and she loses it and screams at him, which <laughs> as a parent, everyone gets to that point. You're like, yeah. oh, I got to, I got to regain my composure. It was, <laughs> it was all just a matter of time being in that hot ass Pinto, you know? Yeah. 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 So back at the Trenton's place, you know, we get big, you know, kind of tidying up Tad's room and everything. And that's when the inspector reveals that they've picked up, you know, Steve Kemp, um, but he says he's, you know, he says he's fessed up to everything, but he never saw Donna or Tad. Uh, and then he also lets drop that he's, they haven't heard back from the other officer. And Vic is like, what do you mean? It's like been a while and you haven't heard from him at all. He's not reported back. And that's when he's like, I'm going to do this myself. So he heads up to Joe's place. Mm-hmm. Now so, I'm assuming it must take like quite a few hours to get to this place. Well, because yeah, because in town, the mailman said it was six miles from where they were. And I'm assuming that they don't live in town either. I bet they live out of town in a different direction is mm-hmm. my thought. Probably. So anyway, yeah. yeah. So Tad's like laying again, Mark waiting for that attack through the window that never came. Tad's <laughs> laying prone in the back of the vehicle. And now Donna can't wake up at all. His like lips look horrible. He's like, he's, he looks bad. He looks bad. She realizes she's losing him. Like he's, he's dying like in her arms. Mm-hmm. So she goes, she departs the car. She's like hobbling towards the house. Oh, because her leg looked horrible from the other attack. It's got these big gouges, like oh, gashes yeah, in yeah. it. And it looks horrible. Um, and then just as she's about to get there, throughout the film, Cujo's been like going underneath the stairs to sleep, probably because it's cool, it's quiet, it's out of the sun. Mm-hmm. Well, just as she's about to get to the house, he emerges from underneath the steps. He's like, you shall not pass. Exactly. So she grabs that bat and then she gets a few good blows in and everything. And eventually it breaks from oh. all the, the pummeling of the dog and she falls backwards. Did you notice the squishing sounds that the hits made? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. It's very yeah. squishy. Yeah, so Cujo jumps on top of her. She falls back, but of course, she's still got the sharp end of the baseball bat, and he lands on top of it and is impaled. Mm -hmm. Um, And you think that's the end right there. Yes. So she grabs the pistol, um, but now she can't get back in the car. Um, So she starts pounding the back of the hatchback with the butt of the gun, which it eventually it breaks. And this is what Walt's like. She's just going to end up shooting herself for the kid. But no, it breaks and she gets in. Yeah, um, I actually thought, like, how does she know how to pistol whip something? And then, like, what if that trigger accidentally gets hit? And there's a, well, but Rob, if I was going to go that route, wouldn't you go after the window that was already almost completely shattered in? I think so. Yeah, I would. Because th- there's more than one way to get in the car. Yeah. And that one, it looks like if you were just pushed on it, it would have shattered. Right. She could have shot that window and, <laughs> yeah. and have been safe. You know? Right. Anyway. Okay. Whatever. Okay. So anyway, now she's in. So she's gotten Tad inside the house and she's kind of cleared off the kitchen table. She's got him on the, on the, the kitchen table. She's getting water from the sink to try to revive him and everything. And then she's not successful at that. So she starts mouth to mouth. We see that Vic is speeding there in his car. Um, she can't get Tad to respond. She does. She's so elated. She's hugging her son. All of a sudden, Cujo bursts through the window. Mm-hmm. D fires a gun on him just as Vic arrives. Um, he spies uh, the damaged Pinto. He's calling for Donna. She emerges from the front of the, the uh, property. She's holding, you know, Tad's kind of arms in her body. 
and uh, uh, Vic races up and like to help her, and we get a freeze frame. Yeah, what a strange way to end. I mean, like she emerges triumphant, but she's like worse for the wear, and then she's holding what appears to be her dead kid's body. It's just like, um, I thought the kid was dead. Yeah, he's not dead. He makes it in this one. Now, I told you before, Mm -hmm. audiences, and I'll tell you again, I'm going to spoil the book as well. Are you okay if I talk about the book? Absolutely. I'm fine with it. The kid dies. She ends up in the hospital with rabies and Vic leaves her. Okay. That sounds more plausible. Yeah. Um, I mean, Stephen King is happier with this one. He said he felt that it was too cruel and downbeat what he did really? to the character. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you know what? Okay. I know that there's a huge gap in time between this and uh, Gerald's game, the book. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of this, a lot of this kind of like away from society happenings and like the, you know, the seizures and stuff. It reminds me a lot of Gerald's game where this, this woman is struggling to survive. And she's also trying to keep her son alive in this movie and in the book, I guess, too. Um, so there were some things that I would I would probably put parallel to. Have you ever seen Gerald's Game or read the book? The uh, So I've listened to the book because okay. when Walt and I would take road trips, we'd always get a lot, a lot of times we get Stephen King and do that. And I've seen the movie. OK, yeah. yeah. So doesn't doesn't it like remind you in a way a little bit of like somebody trying to survive like through crazy shit that's going on. I, 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 I totally get what you are saying. I totally get what you are saying to me, especially the way he wrote the book. It almost seems like a punishment for adultery. Ooh, you know, I never thought of it. Like Like I would almost be like, is there something that you need to tell us, Mr. King, about your marriage? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> which I'm not, I'm just, I'm not accusing you of it. But like, to me, I mean. Interesting. And I realized that, like I said earlier before, it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you look at everything that transpires to me in this film, it's it's so directed more towards this woman than the little boy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it really was like a punishment for having sex outside of a marriage or from straying from your marriage vows. That's I, and I, I told, and like, like I'm saying, Rob, I totally 110% get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I have always felt that way about this film. And I can't, I, I just, to me, that's what this is. It's like a, it's like a, like a, a really <laughs> awful scarlet letter, like, yeah. you know, Nathaniel Hawthorne's scarlet letter. It's like an even worse, play on that yeah i would rather i would rather have to wear you know the scarlet letter right yeah <laughs> no, yeah on my jock shit. strap yeah <laughs> oh man yeah, yeah see to, i never me, thought of like it the, like that but yeah this is like the ultimate mm-hmm. punishment for a woman committing adultery wow. because if you think about it steve gets away scot-free really i mean get picked up by the police but like you know yeah it takes two to tango but it's like you've lost if you go by the book you've lost your child Mm-hmm. And you have being, rabies. Yeah. So you've got to go through rabies. all that pain. You know, you were attacked by a dog. That's painful as heck. Yeah. The trauma of losing your child, the trauma of the dog attack, going through all the rabies shots and stuff. You've lost your husband. 
Yeah. You know, you've lost pretty much kind of everything. But in a way, it's like, I think it's, I mean, maybe not that it is well-deserved, but it might not be to that extent, you know, but like actions have consequences. So they, they, (laughs) they do, but maybe, you know, a divorce or <laughs> well sometimes the universe yeah, or, sometimes. you know working it out sometimes um, the universe hands you like tasty <laughs> treats and then other yeah. times like when it rains it pours you know yeah this was extreme <laughs> extreme to me but yeah so i do get what you're saying i do i do but in me mark mm-hmm. that's the only way i can view this and more so the book i'm like this is just like this is like the ultimate cautionary tale about straying outside of marriage. Yeah. I think if I had <laughs> for read women, the book for women. I, yeah. I would see it that way too. If I had read the book because the book seems like insane. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So Rob, <laughs> <laughs> um, did you enjoy the movie? Uh, I did, but not in the same way that I enjoy most. Uh, because I kept feeling really bad for the dog. <laughs> so you do, because he is a he is uh the the cause for all this, mm-hmm. but it's almost like Frankenstein's mon's creation. You know what yeah, I mean? Like because yeah. like, like when, a, a victim of circumstances, you yeah. know, it's out of his control. The dog, you know, got attacked by a bat contracted rabies, can't really help himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just I wouldn't even say the dog is malevolent. It's just that, you know, the dog is because rabies like makes you do crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah. And, and just also the the actor portraying the dog, you know, the the dog, but, you know, them putting stuff on the dog and having the dog do these things. I just like I felt really, really bad for the dog. I think you have to. A lot of it, you have to realize that it's acting and a lot of things is done with cuts and film. It's like tricks mm-hmm. and magic. So it's not like he was hurt. Yeah. I you know, know what I mean? Anytime there's an animal, it's just like really, it gets me on a different level. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm not negating what you're saying. I, I just, it's like uh the magic of film kind of thing, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. It's not like an Italian movie where they're actually like skinning things. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. What was I going to say? Oh, so to me, this falls in like, and I love like animal attack films. Mm-hmm. Like when, and this is a totally an animal attack. Like, you know, when something goes wrong with nature or whatever, and they're like, you know, they're going to get people. That's yeah. what this is. I, <laughs> I love, I love animal attack movies. Um, would you recommend this for uh, listeners of the podcast? Uh, yeah, but despite my feelings toward it, you know, as it not being like really, I'm not really excited about it, but it, it's fun to talk about. Um, so I would, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, now with me, I, this is probably one of my more favorite Stephen King films. I love this film. I think it's very well, uh, executed. Um, the screenplay is very well written. Uh, it, the actors are like incredible, like the little boy and, and D because mm-hmm. it really pretty much hinges on their performances are amazing. The tension I think is just amped and, 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 and up and kept there. Yeah. It, it's very, very, there really aren't plot holes that you can like punch in it. It's very well done. Um, 
as far as a creature feature, if you're going to throw in like animal attack films in that category, then it, yes, it is a creature feature. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be like saying, you know, man is the monster. Well, in this case, you know, an animal, a rabbit animal is the monster. You know, are you going to get into technicalities and say, well, that's not really a monster. You could, you know, you could go down that route. Um, but I think I find it an incredibly fun movie. Um, I, to me, it flies by. There's there's not a lot oh, of yeah. meat on this. It bone. does not it's, drag. It's, no, not at all. No, I think it just for for what was it? 93 minutes. I It does mm-hmm. not feel like 93 minutes to me. Um I would highly recommend anyone checking this out. If you're D Wallace fans, uh, if you are Stephen King fans, uh, I think you will walk away from this thoroughly entertained and pleased with the time you spent with it. Um, as far as getting male butt, you'll be so disappointed. <laughs> <You'll> be <laughs> There's no D Wallace, but there's uh I would not want to see that. I would not want to see that. No, she's like, it's like Debbie Harry. Like I can't, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't she's- do that. I, I can't. No, no, not D, not D. Um, I think I would I feel her. weird like seeing seeing her nude. No, yeah, no, yeah. that's what I mean. I can't, and not in a bad way. I like, there's just some, there, there's certain people I'm like, I just, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> um, I, no, I just can't. Um, so, <laughs> so having said all that, is there anything more you want to say about Cujo? Um, oh, th- yeah, this interesting thing that I, Stephen King doesn't even remember writing this story. Oh, yeah. No, he was kind of, yeah, like so much out there. Yeah, so much in a drunken haze, I guess, that he doesn't even remember creating this, writing the book. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, remember to spay new to your pets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't, don't have them chasing rabbits. Right. Uh, so the next time that we get together, we're going to be doing The Void. And we're bouncing all the way up to 2016, but we feel it's got to be worth it. Yeah. Gotta love that, that Lovecraft like style of horror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really fun. Um, So if you want to reach us, I am always lurking on the dark regions of the Instagram over at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. Mm -hmm. So make Uh, your requests. Um, Mark is tired of the booby bots. So probably cut that out. (laughs) Yes. I never get butt bots. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> just booby bots. Booby bots. Um, and, uh, you know, we always sincerely appreciate you joining us because the more the scarier. Mm-hmm. Until next time, we hope that you stay spooky. Certainly. Should we bark? I, I, that's for Cujo. Instead of doing like the spooky noise, I'll do a bark. 